0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Lady in number 6 is one of the most inspirational and uplifting stories of the year. As the world's oldest pianist and Holocaust survivor, 109-year-old Alice Somers, shares her views on how to live a long and happy life. She discusses music and laughter and how to remain optimistic in, under the most extraordinary of circumstances. The film is, again, The Lady in Number Six, is a, an Academy Award-nominated short documentary, and it's directed by Malcolm Clark. Director Malcolm Clark, welcome to film school
1: well oh, thank you mike it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here thank you for
0: having me well thank you uh for being here and i uh boy what a what a wonderful film this is um <laughs> it, it just it really is it just it's such and it's uh, by the way so people know it's uh again it's an academy award nominated documentary in the short form uh so it runs about thirty eight minutes or so but when watching it 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 seemed like a lot less. It feels like a film that if you wanted to, you could have made into a feature-length documentary. Uh, I don't know if that was ever a consideration. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> but uh, it, it just moves along beautifully. Tell me a little bit how you got to know Alice Sommer.
1: Um, uh, quite um, to, be, to be honest about it, I had um, a friend in New York who had been Telling me about Alice and what a you know, what an amazing person she was and that uh, i you know my, my friend
0: malcolm i'm going to call you back if you can hear me uh, i the you know, the the uh, the phone's dropping out so i'm going to call you right back okay uh through the vagaries of modern technology, I think we are back and better than ever how how do you sound malcolm?
1: Um, well, I can hear you better, Mike, oh, so good. let's just give it another shot so right. we, uh, we can get through it.
0: <laughs> yes, so anyway, so meeting Alice, how did you meet Alice Sommer? Uh, yeah, I, I,
1: as I was saying, I, I actually uh, resisted meeting Alice. The reason um, was because I had made a film about the Holocaust um, about uh, 10 years ago now called Prisoner of Paradise, a, a film that was actually shot... Um, in and around the same uh, concentration camp that alice was was in at uh, in Czech republic and um, really I mean, it wasn't a very complicated reaction from me it was it was really just a, a kind of self preservation i'd spent two almost two and a half years making that film. I had a very hard time um, emotionally psychologically with Looking at concentration camp footage regularly for two and a half years. When you're in an editing room looking at this material and listening to people's stories, um, you know, I mean, it's fine for an hour or an hour and a half when you watch a movie. When you do it every day for eight to ten hours a day, for months and months, it becomes, it becomes quite hard. And I just done it. I had enough. So I, you know, I the suggestion was that I meet this lady and, um, you know, she was obviously a, a Holocaust survivor, and they, you know, my friend said, oh, she, but she's amazing. And I, I said, well, you know, I, I met, frankly, a lot of really amazing people on the last film, and, um, I think it's enough, you know. But anyway, I, so it took three years for me. I mean, I, I, I resisted valiantly for three years, and finally, I kind of caved in. After making a, um, a trip to London on a, you know, a business trip and, and my friend said, please go and see her while you're there. And I did. I, I had a hour with Alice. Um, she made me a, a good strong cup of English tea and, um, an hour later I was, um, a convert. You know, I, I, I kind of drunk the Kool-Aid. It was, it was so clear that this lady deserved and merited a film to be made about her, she was quite remarkable, unlike um you know I mean unlike anyone I had ever met um, you know we're, we're made dealing with people who'd been through the camps, so I came back uh, to Montreal, which is where I live, and I talked to all the people who had um you know worked with me on the last film, and uh, you know I got some very very good people who. Um, you know, a a team of people who I I, I kind of rely on and and I think are really talented. And I just said, look, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to move fast. There is no money. We're not going to have to. No one's going to get paid, at least, you know, to do it, because I haven't got the time to raise the dough because this lady, the time that I met her, she was 108. She's now actually 110. God. And, um, you know, I I mean, just, Simply, uh, you know, biologically, she is cl- much closer to the end of her life than the beginning. And I just wanted to make the film while she was smart and sprightly and all her kind of faculties were firing on all cylinders. And you know, believe me, when I met her, she was amazing because she was really, really sharp. Yeah. And um, so we just moved very quickly and, and tried to get the film made.
0: Yeah, and it all comes uh, across in the film um... The lady in number number six. It it it. Uh, her her story is just you couldn't make it up. It's a remarkable story. Uh, take us back to the very beginning. Her childhood. She lived in yeah. Prague, and or well, she was born in Prague in nineteen o three. Tell us a little bit about her experience. Uh, well, and some she of was, the luminaries.
1: She was a, she was an interesting little girl actually. Um, she was a, a musical prodigy. Um, she was from a very bourgeois, well-to-do, upper-middle-class family. Her father was a factory owner, so they had money, and her mom um, was a was a, ran a salon, a salon for artists. They were very generous. They they supported painters. The family supported writers. They supported all kinds of um, um, uh, artists who needed money to get by. I know that is actually one of the Major reasons that um, you know she had such a close relationship with Franz Kafka, um, because you know Kafka and her mother were very very close, and they, on occasions, helped Kaf- uh, Kap- Kafka financially whilst he was uh, whilst he was writing. And I mean, there's very few people you can actually meet or will ever meet who can say you know in all seriousness that she, you know, she used to sit. On the knee of Gustav Mahler when he came over for tea on the weekend, and she and her twin sister would go for walks in the park with Franz Kafka, and he would tell them stories. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's extraordinary. And so you know, she 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 had this you know she had this wonderfully rich um, uh, kind of um, very very stimulating childhood. Um, you know, the, the 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 Jesuits have this saying. Uh, give us a boy for the first seven years, and we will give you the man. In other words, let us educate the boy. we will give you the adult. Yeah. And I think you know, Alice's first seven years were extraordinary. They were hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, in her life what continued to be pretty remarkable for a, for a long period of time
1: he was a she was a very famous um very celebrated and um and uh, successful concert pianist until well into her 30s and um of course then you know here the the second world war broke out she being jewish like every other jew in Czechoslovakia at the time was uh, was rounded up and and she was sent, because she, interestingly, you know, because she was a, such a well-known um, celebrity, she was sent to this camp called Perezenstadt, which was a very special camp. It was a camp for celebrities, for high achievers, for people who were mm-hmm. because they had relations and relationships with people all around the world.
0: And it was also kind of a, a, a show
1: yeah, Camp for, exactly. For... It was a, that, that was the reason they were there. They were there to be, to send letters abroad to their friends in other countries, and to say, you know, we're okay, we're alive, we're doing okay. Where it's not as bad as you might be hearing. And also, they—you um, know—the Nazis uh, made a uh, very, very kind of um uh, propaganda film. Actually, that was the, the subject of my previous film, *Prisoner of Paradise*. It was a—they made a film that made this camp look like it was Club Med, you yeah. know, for the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, swimming pools and you know, exercise classes and uh, concerts on the, um, you know, in, in the park. Of course, it was all a lie. But the one thing that was very interesting, that was because they were using these Jews, these Jewish inmates, for propaganda purposes, they allowed them to play Music. They allowed them to compose. They allowed them to stage opera and to make drawings and to design film uh, uh, theater sets and so forth. And Alice was, even though she was playing a jangly old piano that was out of tune and had a few strings missing, she was still able to play. And whilst she was in Theresienstadt, she. Did. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. Theresienstadt,
0: by the way, is. Just uh, to take this a little bit off track, is in the news with uh, Claude uh, Lansman's new film, um, last, yes. "Last of the Unjust," talk, talking about you know kind of the moral dilemma of the or the moral quandary, if you will, of the people who mm. were there, and especially yeah. in this one particular case of uh, Myrbelstein. I know, I know he's, he's, he's
1: talking about the last, uh, the, the, the last head of the Judenrat. Yeah. Who um, and actually it was that gentleman. Uh, I believe his name was Mermelstein. Yes. And um, who told my film director, who was famous in his day in Berlin in the 30s, as Spielberg is today, my director was called Kurt Geron. And he went, Geron went to Mermelstein and said, what do I do? The Nazis want me to make this propaganda film. And of course, it 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 was no dilemma in the sense that if Geron had refused, he would have been... Shot or sent to the camps. To, uh, I mean, sent to the gas uh, chamber. Yeah. And Mermelstein said to him,
0: "Are you there? Did we lose you?" I'm here. Oh, good. Okay. We we you, you cut out just as you were saying the the last part. Of, he, he said, Mermelstein. He said, uh,
1: he, "Geron was advised by Mermelstein, the head of the camp, the head of the Jews in the camp, to do anything he could do to survive."
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think everyone was doing that. And of course, Alice. You know, she played the piano in the concentration every day, and I think it was music that sustained her. And I think it was music that—I don't think it kept her alive, but it certainly kept her spirit alive. Yeah, there's no no doubt about that.
0: We're we're speaking with Malcolm Clark, He's the director of the Academy Award-nominated documentary the lady in number six, and it, it, what's wonderful about this film, in addition to Alice she, Alice Summer, who's just an extraordinary human being, and as you said, has her wits about her, she has an incredible outlook on life, and every day is a gift, and she continues to perform, to be a wonderful pianist, at, at, but also there were a couple of other people in the film who also went through some of the same things that, that Alice did. I thought they were... Uh, a, a a, a great addition to this film another perspective uh, that and as part of this kind of network of people this sort of support system for Alice that has provided her with such a rich life tell us a little bit about the the two women in, that spent a lot of time with her
1: young friends one of them is 92 one of them is 87 I think God, they're they 88 look, yeah and um, you know I mean those kind of uh mentally agile, and really they were there um, because we, we tried to get Alice to talk about her experiences in the camp, to talk about the, the dark side. Alice wouldn't do it. She didn't want to do it. She wasn't interested in, in, um, in, in talking about that. She said, if you want to know about that, you, talk, you can talk to my friends. They were there, too, and they'll tell you that. It's almost as if Alice doesn't want to... Um, you know, she doesn't want to um think back to that she prefers to look on the good side of
0: it. yeah
1: well it encourages us to have her friends to do that
0: it seems that this is part of the i say secret this is part of her philosophy is keep moving forward every day's a new day you keep going yeah you know yeah yeah that's yeah. oh i have. i just uh Again, I mean, I, I alluded to it at the beginning of the film of, of our interview that this film just moves along just so beautifully, and uh, yes. you know, and uh, the and by the way, you provide uh, narration in the film as well, um, and um, I, it, it it feels like you could have expanded this. Did you ever toy with the idea of making this into a longer form documentary?
1: Actually, you know, we were. I, I tell you, it's interesting that you say that we had a very short shoot with Alice. We did. We didn't. I mean. The interesting thing about Alice is as power, which is just quite simple. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we obviously we had much more footage to that, that I could have.
0: Malcolm. Well, uh, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You cut out a little Can bit. you hear me? Yeah, you just cut out for a second. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Power film for television. But this was an odd one. We thought we were going to be making a, a, basically a, a little 15-minute portrait. We had no expectations of uh, of it being any longer than that. And every time, you know, someone would come into the cutting room and sit and just sit at the back and watch us working, they would say, my gosh, gosh, you should, you know, she's so, I mean, extended, make it more, there's more, there's more. And we kept, you know, they, so the length kept kind of um, getting extended. Finally, I decided that the... The perfect. I mean, it, it's interesting. You, you know, you can. I think if it, it, it had been a longer film, it might have. It, it would. It might have run out of steam. I think it would. If we had made it shorter, it would have not done a service to Alice's message. And so, you know, it was it actually it was a real balancing act to figure out exactly how because what I didn't want to do, and the way to make it along, been to dwell more on the Holocaust, and I was absolutely. Um, against turning this film about Alice in, film. A, in so a, I, a, I don't yeah. think of it as a holocaust film at all. I think of it as something quite different
0: and i think where 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 i 'm coming from, and I agree with you I think you, you, the the focus is in the right places in this film it does there's mm-hmm. obviously a huge part of her life, and the footage that you were able to uh, to get a hold of in in about thestat is, not, is wonderful wonderful is probably not the right word but very no, no, but it's interesting you, footage yeah, yeah very interesting footage and uh, again i guess i'm just so drawn to alice uh, summer in this that you yeah, it's it would i could imagine you know more of her because she does she's not it's not just a you know uh, a sliding scale of expectations here she's no. a sharp person period oh, yeah. 109 yeah. or or 55 or 25 She's mm. insightful, she's got a sense of humor she's engaged, and so in that respect, it feels like you could spend more time with her but oh, I, I,
1: I i think so i mean you know you could easily i mean you could just sit you know with a cat as we did of course yeah. you know we we you know we we sat with her for several days and and just listened to her talk Now we weren't with her for eight hours a day because you know she's only a little yeah, we yeah. quiet after a couple of hours, but there is no um you know she she it's it, it's 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 all fresh it's all genuine uh, you know and i've said this a couple of times you know recently there's, there's a tendency amongst filmmakers and specifically amongst documentary filmmakers who you know oftentimes see people not necessarily at their best and you know we, we you know uh, we often have to make films or uh, are drawn to films that are about injustice or you know people behaving badly and you know, bad people make good movies. Let's, let's, let's not forget that. And so we're, we tend to be a little bit cynical. We um, certainly do. It's, you know, it's, it's a fault that I can absolutely cop to. And, you know, so when you come across someone who, and so genuine, and there's, there is an ounce of calculation in this woman, there's not an ounce of cynicism or, 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 or negativity, it's a little bit overwhelming. And um, it took me... It's interesting because, you know, I, I, I saw the film. I mean, I'm talking about my own film. I saw it the other night. I hadn't seen it for about a year. And um, and I'd never seen it as a member of an audience. I sat in a movie theater with a lot of people and watched it. I had to admit, quite surprising to me how strongly it moved me. Because this is a film that has never moved me when I worked on it. I was I was trying to... Apply kind of professional considerations. I was, you know, I was thinking about pacing, about you know the the key of the music that had to be played, and you know, to, 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 all those calibrations yeah. that you know and calculations that a filmmaker has to apply when he or she makes a movie. So this is the first time I'd actually seen my movie, and I was quite surprised how moved I was by by Alice, and how 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 I, I finally get what all the fuss is about. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I, it's a strange thing to say from a filmmaker, but you know, it's it, I. I find, you know, everyone in the audience is kind of blown away by her, and I, I kind of confess that I was a little bit too.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I understand why. <laughs> I think pre- your previous experience with the previous film along yeah. with the, the the amount of time. I'm sure that weighed heavy in your did, kind of yeah. psychology in this, but getting away from it for a year, you're able to see it more objectively and, and mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. more subjectively as well. So at right. yeah. yeah. well, the distance finally. Yeah. Well thank you so much for being here again. Uh, we've been speaking with Malcolm Clark. This is an Academy Award nominated documentary for short the short program. Thirty eight about thirty eight minutes long. It's such a wonderful film and it's called uh, The Lady in number six and it is uh, go see it. Uh, it, uh, the Academy is releasing its Oscar short documentary program uh, next week. That's uh, Friday, February 14th. Uh, run out and see this, along with some other remarkable documentaries. And, and uh, congratulations again to you.
1: That's very kind of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right.
0: You take care, Malcolm. Take Bye. Bye-bye.